D.C. Drano, Rogan O'Hanley, uh, Michigan, this blockbuster story. Jim Hoff to the Gateway Pundit, or I guess Jim Hoff is the Gateway Pundit, and uh, Patty McMurray going to join us in a second with new updates. Rogan, walk me through your thoughts on this. Yeah, huge props to Gateway Pundit for putting all these pieces together. So a lot of people might remember that Gateway Pundit was banned off Twitter for posting the now very viral video of the 3 a.m. ballot dumps in the Detroit TCF arena unsupervised by GOP poll workers. It looked like they had hundreds of thousands of ballots. And then we saw the infamous vote spike two to three hours later for Joe Biden. And then he ended up squeaking out Michigan. Right. And what's interesting about this is there's the white van that you're seeing on the screen where all the ballots are being dumped. And it what precedes the white van is a rental car. Right. A rental car with plates that look like they're from Pennsylvania. Now, there's been no investigation on this. When Gateway Pundit acquired this video in February 2021, they were banned. Now we find out in this bombshell story from Gateway Pundit that the Michigan law enforcement led by Attorney General Dana Nessel has been suppressing a massive uh, voter fraud scandal. What happened is there is this organization called GBI Strategies, right? And they hire these foot soldiers. We saw this in 2000 Mules. They were depositing eight to 10,000 voter registrations in a single dump. One person would walk into a city clerk's office and dump eight to 10,000 ballot registrations. And where they found this person was in Muskegon, Michigan, which I was like, oh, maybe that's a major metropolis. Maybe it's close to Detroit hundreds of miles away. This has a population of 38,000 people and a Democrat operative dropped off eight to 10,000 ballots, uh, a ballot registration. They went through them. They saw a lot of them had the same handwriting, the same signatures, fake addresses, fake phone numbers. And then when they investigated this in October of 2020, they staked out the, the warehouse where they were operating out of. And when they did an investigation, they found AR-15s with silencers. They found prepaid cash cards. They found burner phones. They found paperwork for rental cars. And then they checked the trash and the trash had all the employment agreements of their operatives. They were cleaning it up. And so Jim Hoft has exposed this. The attorney general was involved with the investigation. She has not said a single thing about it. She's a you know Democrat, Dana Nessel. And here's the worst part. The FBI was brought in and then the whole thing got basically shut down. We haven't heard about this for three years until the Gateway Pundit exposed it. Rogan, here, I'm going to go to Jim and, 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 and Patty in a second, but it, you lay out this narrative very succinctly. And I realized Dana Nessel is a bad unit, right? I got that. And I got that, uh, you know, you got Whitmer, you got all these people. But you've got other voices out there. Other people knew, I mean, where are the, where are the local Republican prosecutors? Where's the local Republican Party? Where are the, at the time, the Republicans control, I think the House and the Senate, they don't anymore. Where are, why is it three years Late And why does it take Jim Hoft and Patty McMurray at Gateway Pundit to expose this? Where have the people in Michigan that are responsible on the Republican side to do this? That's where we first accountability has got to be. How did this go until August of 2023 on Gateway Pundit and War Room uh, to, to bring this forward 
when there's tons of people out there that should have known about this, there's job to know about it and to make it a huge deal, sir. And that's the million dollar question. I think what we have realized now is that when you find evidence of voter fraud, do not kick it up to Democrat attorney generals. Do not kick it up to the FBI and the DOJ, they will suppress it. This has to be handled locally. What the Democrats are doing, like in New York City, when they're going after Trump, we have to do the same. Keep it local, okay? And and one of the things to, to tie in with all this, why would they have these prepaid cards? Why would they have these burner phones? Because these jobs were listed publicly. Come make $15 an hour. You'll reach out to people, get out the vote. And they got a ton of money from Democrat PACs. Right. This GBI strategies, which I don't want to you know, jump on Jim's story. They just dropped it. But uh, and what this woman testified to the police is she was getting over eleven hundred dollars a week. Right. Do you think she was working a hundred hours a yeah. week? No. no, they were given these prepaid cards. It was kept outside of the banks. It was kept outside of the employment agreements, right. getting these prepaid cards to do the dirty work, to communicate on the burner phones, to mule this stuff around in the rental cars. And then we saw the rental car on the night when the ballot spike happened, when they dumped those votes. This is all tied together. I think Gateway Pundit has unlocked this. Before I let you go, the, the reason I wanted to do these two back-to-back, the Ohio situation and now what's happening, what we're finding out in Michigan, is twofold. Number one, as we've said now for a long time, but really focus the last couple of months, and we're going to have more of this with the, the Bill McGinley's are going to come on and more Caroline Wrens. The Democratic Party works through this Arabella and others with these outside groups that have hundreds of millions of dollars, and if they need it, they'll put in billions, Okay. To run the tables, not going, it's not traditional. It's not traditional. We're fighting very conventionally and very traditionally. That money's coming from the outside. What you saw in Ohio and what you see here in Michigan with how this GB strategy got funded, it's, it's just the other side of the same coin. Number one, that's the key point. Put that in your mind, okay? I see. And this is why they announced, I think it was in Zero Hedge a couple of weeks ago, they had a story, I think, from Epic Times that they aggregated. It's $2 billion of money coming already in outside groups for 2024. Biden's campaign is not ra- – I mean, they're raising money, but not that level. And they've got Trump spending all his money on legal. That's the opportunity cost. They want to put Trump and spend all his time and money and focus on the legal. That's where we got to have mass clarity. But the other – and I don't mean to seem harsh, and I'll hold myself accountable too. Our efforts are just not good enough. They're just not good enough, and we've got to stop thinking they're good enough. This thing in Michigan – and we're going to have uh, uh, Hoft and McMurray on here in a second – it's just not acceptable that we're in August of 2023, and this is just now coming up. It's just, not, and this is on our side of the football. The efforts, whatever efforts have been, just like the efforts in Ohio. I realize a lot of people put time and effort in it, but you guys forced it. You wanted it on in early August, and let's be blunt: the morning Joe guys are correct because that's when you have lower turnouts because everybody's you know gone fishing. Um, you do that and you get smoked. It's just not good enough. The only thing that matters here is victory. Okay, there's no substitute for victory, and we have to get that into their mind, our mind. Remember, as Napoleon told his marshals, when you set out to take Vienna, take Vienna. No crying, no tears, no excuses, no oh, what this, you know. And Father Pavone, like I said, you got to get that group of leaders of life, and you got to start banging some heads, and people got to get organized. 
We're tired of the whining and why it didn't happen and this and that. And then they're running the tables and in Michigan the same way. And, and part of this investigation ought to be not just how Dana Nessel and it was suppressed by the FBI. Yes. But who else knew about this, either in the Michigan legislature, law enforcement, anything? And why is this not why was this not coming up back in uh, in November and December of 2020? You know, it, it, it seems to me that we're having a couple of court cases about that time frame from November to January 6th. I think there's a couple of three things that may be happening. Why was this not up? with Republican authorities pushing this. D.C. Drano, go ahead. You get the final word here. Here's my one optimistic point to end this segment is now we know how this system works, okay? We didn't fully understand how this worked before. Now, by putting this out on your broadcast to the War Room Posse, people who are city clerks who are working in these administrative offices, who are, you know, working in election offices, they can understand how this game works, right? So if this was happening in Muskegon, a a city of 38,000 people, just imagine what was going on in Detroit. If they're dropping 10,000, it ended up being 12,500 in a population of 38,000. Just imagine what's happening in these cities with hundreds of thousands and and with Democrat operatives that look the other way. Trump won by 15,000 votes in 2016, probably a lot more. And they showed that Joe Biden allegedly won by 150,000 votes. They must have been doing this all over the place. And what Jim Hoft is probably going to tell you soon is that this organization, this single organization, GBI Strategies, was operating in 20 different states. Just imagine how many millions of potential fraudulent ballots alone came from this organization. And and, and 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 the lay of the predicate for the fraudulent ballots, you got to get the voter, you got to get the phony voter registrations in there. This is Nevada. This is Pennsylvania. This is all of it. This is why. And I love Mike Lindell and the election summit and the machines, and everything like that. But historically, when I say I'm not a machine guy, this is how they do it. This we can prove is how they do it. The machines. I know you guys are working on it. I think you can prove that. And God bless you. And I, I want, you know, I'm not, I, machines got to go. We got to have paper ballots. But this is the way they did it. It's to get the phony registrations in there, the phony mail-in ballots, and that's how they win. And by the and way, that's what we can prove signatures. in court on Trump's trials. They don't track the signature. Signature verification. This was Pennsylvania, the two, the envelope and the, and the ballot. Uh, D.C., um, and this is why the Trump case, the Trump trial we get to show this, but this is what's not acceptable. This shouldn't be 2023 in, in, the, in the great heroism of, uh, of Jim Hoff, who's been shut down everywhere, right? They're trying to crush Hoff all the time. And Patty McMurray, D.C., how do people, what's your social media? How do people get to you? DCDrano.com. You can sign up for my email list and um, probably hottest on Twitter and truth these days, D.C. underscore Drano putting out all the election fraud, all the J6 truth as much as I can, because I like so many people watching this and pissed off at the corruption. Yeah. yeah. Um, thank you, DC. By the way, I'm not saying, we're, you, I'm saying we're holding ourselves accountable to it. We have to do more and we have to do it better. Jim Hoff, I've only got a minute. We're going to hold you through the break. Just give me the headlines of, of what the new explosive material you've now found, sir. Uh, thanks to D.C. Drano. That was amazing. Um, yes, so we digged a little deeper into GBI strategies. We found the founder of this group, the director of this group. And uh, as, as D.C. Drano said, they have uh, operations in 20 different states, 
Um, he has this is a this is a newsbreaker. He has seventy different organizations. He says he is running. This Gary Bell is his name. I think we struck pay dirt, Steve. I think we found the deep state of the campaign operations on the Democrat Party. And um, so uh, we have a, a lot on his funding that's coming up. And we also have uh, more on Gary Bell. And I'm sure that the Democrats will not like that we're going to be yeah. talking about this player. Okay. Walk me through this again, because this is huge. Uh, and I want to take our time and go through this. So walk me through it again, Jim Hoff. All right, Steve, um, and thanks to D.C. Drano again. That was a great intro. Um, what we found yesterday, and we brought this to the war room and the war room audience, and for the record, Steve, that story went completely viral yesterday. And uh, you know it uh, struck a vein because uh, the fake fact checkers were out, you know, uh, trying to dis disqualify our reporting, uh, pointing out to anything they could uh, find. Um, but um, we stand by our reporting. Um, it's it's very strange when your audience thinks of this and every and, and, and average American that you would have an office like this where they're uh, printing writing out registrations. Uh, several of the registrations we know was uh, they were uh, um, in the same handwriting. That was uh, something that was a red flag immediately at this city clerk's office in Muskegon, Michigan. Um, also, in this office, uh, they have the semi-automatic weapons plus silencers. I mean, doesn't every campaign office need to have those with burner phones, um, with, with uh, different T-shirts, and with these cash cards? And, Steve, they are so organized with this. Um, and the fact that they're not just paying cash cards, but they went and got different cash cards to make sure that it's harder to trace. Isn't that interesting? So they've been, you know, that, that says to me this is something that's, um, they've, they've thought about, it's organized, it's coordinated. And then today what we found was that uh, this director of GBI strategies, and this was the two offices they were talking about in the Muskegon area, that they raided one of the offices. Um, this director uh, admits in this, this bio page of this obscure website, by the way, um, this, this man's name is Gary Bell. He, he literally has nothing online. It's, it's hard to find anything about this person. We scoured, you know, the Internet. We had uh, one of our AI experts, who you may know, um, looking through. It's hard to find anything. What we did find was that he was bragging in, in, uh, on this one website in his bio about how he was um, working with 70 different organizations. This is Gary Bell. He's the one who's the director of GBI Strategies. He also says that he has offices not just in Michigan, but in 20 different states, and that he's working with seven other states as an advisor. So this is a, this is a significant power player on the left. And, and um, it's interesting, isn't it, Steve, that he's hidden and that we haven't heard more about him in the past as much as we've looked into election fraud. Well, they want... Um, they want look. It's dark money. That's dark money, and they want to be. They want to be under the the cover of night. Continue on, Jim. Right. And speaking of dark money, then we found that this Black Pack, this this organization, um, was donating a lot of money to this GBI strategies, and we found that from uh, uh, Open Secrets and the FEC filings and um, the Black Pack. Again, we're not sure where the money's coming for that. It looks like a, you know dark money on on the left. 
Uh, again, uh, we have to research that more. Um, but here they had spent in one FEC filing that we put up today, uh, this, this black pack had spent 11 million, according to the FEC, um, during the 2020 election. In another filing we saw, and this was in Open Secrets, we found that there was uh, several million that Black Pack was giving to different organizations, including GBI Strategies. And um, we also found that with GBI Strategies, they were getting money from directly from the Democratic senatorial campaign. Um, and um, they're linked to Joe Biden. We also found, isn't this interesting, that, um, and this is um, Kanakoa the Great, a phenomenal uh, investigator on Twitter who uh, wrote us and who's been putting up uh, information on this. Uh, we also found that uh, Hillary Clinton was uh, working with this group too back in 2016, but she, she didn't put in that much money, I think 58,000 from Hillary. Maybe she, she should have invested a little more and she might have found, uh, had different results. Steve, I'd like to add one, one thing too. Um, we've been writing about the ERIC system, and this is uh, something we've written about for a couple years. It's in several states. It was in 32 states, and what it was, uh, it was advertised as was this uh, voter roll system yeah. where they're going to delete all the fraudulent voter rolls and the dead voters and everything. And what we found out was it's doing anything but that, and um, that all of these yeah. states have bloated voter rolls, uh, especially the ERIC system states. And we, we wrote about this uh, through, through our contributors, um, and now nine different states have dropped that system. I think yeah. that's a significant move um, in, 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 in securing can, our can, elections. Jim, just give us a snapshot before we let you go where you guys are in this and, and what can we expect uh, you know, in, the, in the coming days ahead. Well, I think the uh, reaction from the left has been interesting. Um, and it reminds me, like I was saying, of our Eric investigation, where we pointed out that this group is supposed to be uh, eliminating the fraudulent voters on the voter rolls, and it's doing anything but. And as I, as I mentioned, Steve, nine states now have dropped that, uh, that organization in their states. And I should add that when we wrote about this and when these states started dropping Eric, um, uh, NPR came out with a 6,000 word hit piece on uh, Gateway Pundit and myself because uh, uh, obviously this is important to them. Okay, so I think we're going to probably find the same reaction here. Um, we have much more on the funding. We have much more on a couple other organizations that are linked to this in Michigan and elsewhere. So we'll just keep going where, you know, where the investigation leads us. And also for, for, for officials, whether you're prosecutors, whether you're uh, officials of the RNC, whether you're officials of the, of, the, of, the, uh, of the party or particularly people in the legislature, you know, it's not too late to, you know, we always accept converts. Just because you miss it the first time doesn't mean you need to miss it the second time. Now, I mean, in, in this gateway pundit, you can't look away from the story. I think D.C. Drano, that's why I had D.C. on when I saw his tw Twitter thread yesterday. You can't look away from the story. And, of course, Jim Hoft and Petty McMurray and others are going to make sure you don't look away from it. Uh, and we've got to get resolution on this. We have to get resolution on this. If we don't have these elections are not honest, straightforward and fair, um, you know, we're not going to have a country. And for what uh, Jocelyn, uh, Dana Nesson, Jocelyn Benson, yes, democracy will come for you. OK, I know you use that as you're trying to scare people off and back them off. But 
it's not going to happen. Jim, where do people go to get Gateway Pundit for all the further updates on this, and what's your social media? Yes, so they can go to thegatewaypundit.com, and we're also on uh, True Social, Telegram, Twitter, Facebook. We're still being banned a little bit on uh, censored on uh, Twitter, uh, Twitter X. Uh, so you can find us here. I also want to give a shout out to Phil O'Halloran and Ben Wetmar, who helped us with this investigation. Uh, fabulous. Andrew Kloster joins us. Andrew, you were over with Johnny McEntee in, in the Trump White House in the fall of 2020, were you not, sir? Correct. And so you're, you're a I White was. House official, and Johnny McEntee ran a great I shop was. over there. Uh, just t- tell me your story related to this situation that's come up the last couple of days of Gateway Pundit breaking the story on the situation in, in, in Michigan about these about these uh, uh, applications, uh, voter registration applications uh, in, in, uh, in Michigan. Can you walk me through your knowledge of this? Sure. So it was kind of funny. I, I, I saw GBI strategies on a tweet, and I immediately went down the rabbit hole because it brought back a lot of memories of the waning days of the Trump administration. So this was right before the election 2020. I was in the White House. I was also... Uh, at the uh, Office of Personnel Management. So I was like the main personnel attorney, government-wide and hatchet man and all of that. And I did a lot of spot projects um, and fixing just generally across the admin on on behalf of the president and his agenda. And I got through, I have a lot of contacts. You know, I've been in the movement for a long time. I was at Heritage. I've worked with lots of people at the state level. Um, I did the Wisconsin investigation for Gableman. So I I have a wide network and I got a call um, basically saying, look, I've got a spooked law enforcement senior guy, been there like 20 years, unimpeachable record out in Muskegon, Michigan. And he's got a story that we think is worth looking into. And that's exactly what Gateway Pundit's talking about. So I can confirm a lot of the details and give you some more. What ended up happening is uh, my understanding, I I reached out and spoke with uh, some local law enforcement uh, what happened was there was a woman, uh, my understanding is basically loitering outside of a drop box all day and she gets picked up by a junior guy and arrested because he's like, what are you doing? You're stuffing this. What's going on? So they routinely, you know, they arrest her and she basically spills the beans. She's a democratic operative. She's got filled out ballots like 7,000 was, is what I was hearing. And they arrested her. Now the senior guy, my understanding was, uh, was off at the time. So the junior guy who picked her up, you know, got her statement and released her and she went back to Detroit. So Muskegon's like the suburbs, Detroit. She went back to Detroit. Uh, The senior guy comes back in the next day or later in the day and says, what the hell? You know, you had her dead to rights. Why did you release her? And starts trying to get an extradition order from Detroit uh, because this is before the election. We're hearing there could be voter fraud. And here you've got someone basically copping to it and caught with her hand in the cookie jar. Um, Detroit doesn't give an extradition order. And the next thing you know, um, everyone clams up and I'm hearing, well, Benson's leaning on people threatening jobs. So when I hear this in the White House, you know, we've got our eyes out, at least the loyal ones. I try to raise a red flag. I do a little bit of light reaching out, not to not to disrupt anything, but just to kind of vet and make sure that I'm dealing with people who aren't lying and people who are are credible. 
And then I try to reach out to different components within the Trump administration to say, hey, this is there's at least probable cause here. You know, I'm an attorney. Um, I've worked on some criminal stuff. There's at least probable cause here. Someone should take a look, talk with the relevant law enforcement and figure out what happened here. Because, you know, just as what happened with Georgia, you know, you've got someone basically copying to voter fraud and then, uh, you know, you get the whole story. And then the next thing you know, they're they're out in Jamaica or whatever. The Dems have have found the person, co-opted them, told them to shut up and then and then plugged all the leaks. Um, well, I got to say, when I raised that issue in the administration, uh, no one was very happy about it. There were basically, my understanding was standing orders not to deal with election matters, both from the White House counsel and from Barr. I happen to know Barr's uh, chief of staff, Will Levy, because I had I had worked at Heritage and run a, uh, a lunch, basically, for Senate staffers, and he had, he had been a Senate counsel when I was there. So I knew him, you know, I called him up and tried to put the flag up into the to the voting rights section, uh, CRD, uh, DOJ, and, and White House counsel in a couple different places and got stiff-armed. Uh, and then, you know, later on, hear from uh, Johnny and others that basically then the White House counsel swoops in and starts screaming, you know, what the hell are you guys doing? Um, so that's that's really the nuts and bolts of it. Uh, see, see a lot of fire, try to raise the flag, and get smacked down by weak Republicans in the deep state. So when did this roughly occur? We heard from the Hoffs, their investigation and and Patty McMurray in the documents they had, the police report shows this is in October of 2020 before the election. I just want to be as precise as we can with you. When did you, when did this first come to your attention? So it looks like, you know, I looked at the gateway pundit thing. It looks like the incident might've occurred on October 8th, but I was getting uh, calls maybe two weeks later. So this is like, you know, the last communication I think I have on it is like the 29th of October, at least with the sources. Um, but yeah, so this this occurred in sort of early October, and this woman got arrested. She's a, apparently a known Democratic operative, got released back accidentally, went to Detroit, and then uh, bizarrely, because, you know, in a state, if you're arrested, you know, if you're in one city and you need to get an arrest warrant in some, another city in the state, that's usually pretty easy. It's, it's extradition, but it's, it's pretty easy because it's in one state. But just Detroit, I guess, just declined to, to pick this woman back up. She was very much protected. So this happened in October. Um, and then I remember seeing a very watered-down cover-up uh, police report or, or public statement by the Muskegon police later, which didn't say anything about them being actual ballots, kind of watered it down to say it might have been blank applications or something like that, which is still shady. Uh, but they watered it down and kind of buried the story to cover up to cover up the fact of the arrest. But to me, the main thing was that uh, Benson got involved and that she was leaning on these senior people in the county, which is a public corruption issue. You know, you're not allowed to cover up for a crime uh, and threaten people's jobs and say, don't don't investigate crimes. That's that's unlawful. I just want to make sure, and you raised the flag with people at uh, at Justice, at DOJ, that Correct. or at least were in areas or connected to areas that could have looked into this in October of 2020, correct? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, for example, you know, I did a lot of the, I did all of the senior uh, loyalty tests uh, uh, at the Department of Justice, you know, interviewing people like Jeff Clark or whatever, um, 
really just to, it wasn't loyalty to us, but so I knew a lot of people over there and I knew people in the civil rights division, which is relevant. And we actually had a couple of career folks uh, that were over there. And so I spoke with them as well. Um, and the signals I got both through the White House and through the Department of Justice and through the careers of the Department of Justice, it was, it was the same story over and over again. Leadership is not interested in this. We're not even going to make a phone call. And it was very much worth a phone call to, you know, 20-year veteran law enforcement in a state who says, we have evidence of a crime that's relevant to federal jurisdiction. You think you'd give them a phone call. But no, they had no interest in it. So, so, so it, it, I'm going to leave Cipollone in the White House counsel for a second. But so when you hear in the media reported in depth that that Barr sat in the Oval Office and told the president he had asked for reports from the field offices, Detroit and, and the U.S. attorneys in, in Michigan being one, and he had asked in Georgia and all these states, including Pennsylvania, and that they ha- he got reports back. He has reports and reports came back that there was no voter fraud whatsoever, right? When he says that, you would say that that would be a lie? Well, I'm a bureaucrat at heart, <laughs> and I would say that's not a lie, because if you cover your ears and you tell them not to make the reports, then there aren't going to be any reports, and you can uh, you can report that honestly. It's kind of like the old saw about Harriet Tubman's dad blindfolding himself so he could say he didn't see his daughter, right? Uh, it's the same thing here. They're, they're covering their eyes and ears. They're giving standing orders orally, of course, probably nothing in writing. Uh, to, to bury all this stuff. So when the big boss asks the question, are there reports? You can say, no, there are absolutely no reports. No, but he said, no, it was opposite. He actually said there, he asked for reports. It was only later the Epic Times said there were no reports. He report he reported to the president. He had asked for reports to the field offices and there were no, there was no uh, voter fraud at all. This is what I think it's in his book too. So yeah, you're yeah. saying when I mean, you talk to the was, chief of staff, they, they, they didn't want any they didn't want any they didn't want any involvement, essentially, DOJ before Correct. the fact. Correct. Absolutely. And that was it was really disappointing because, you know, you had lots of solid people that wanted to look into these sorts of things. Um, and, you know, again, I, I worked later on the on the Gableman investigation in Wisconsin. The story is always the same. Our side are weak Republicans on our side. Scuttle investigations do a half assed job of it. Um, and then when nothing comes of those investigations, they say, well, see, we told you so. And well, no, it's, it's not because there's nothing there. It's because you actively undermine your own side and our own efforts. Uh, and then that supports the left wing narrative, demoralizes the base. Um, and it's really just a big part of the, how the uniparty works. Last question. You're saying your reward for this was that the White House counsel came to Johnny McEntee or came to the personnel department and complained about your, your they didn't well, they weren't interested in the voter fraud. They were concerned about your activities and trying to alert people to this. Yes. Yeah. And, and my understanding is there might have been some sort of Carter era deep state protocol whereby the White House typically doesn't communicate with DOJ that much, which makes no political sense. So there might have been some sort of, in their mind, norm violated. But it wasn't the first time. I mean, I'd gotten, I still remember being fired at 8 a.m. one morning from the White House and Johnny saying, can't can't save you. And then making a couple phone calls and having some people call Trump and then being rehired back by the end of the day. So, I mean, I that office had it out for me from the very beginning. So it wasn't anything surprising. 
No, they didn't take any action on it either. Uh, do you have uh, Do you have social media, uh, Andrew? I do. It's AR Cluster on Twitter. Um, also have a C3. We've been running personnelpolicyops.org, which has been handling really programming for our best future civil servants and some of the legal defense uh, for people as well. Personnelpolicyops.org. Perfect. That's that's beginning the landing team. That's getting the landing team ready for the uh, next administration. Absolutely. Andrew Kloster, a pretty ex- pretty explosive. Thank you very much, sir. Thank Patriot you. and hero.